0: Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for being with me today. Happy President's Day. Probably a good day to go buy a mattress or at least take a nap, one or the other. George Washington was probably the only president that didn't get a deal on a mattress cuz it started after him. So, we're wooden teeth though. So that okay. <laughs> that's true. We're going to have a great hour. I think I'm going to continue some of the discussion we had from last hour on forgiveness because it certainly got a lot of attention from listeners, and many of you have sent uh, text messages. And I think, uh, seeing as how I have a professional psychologist in studio, I'm going to take advantage of his brain and ask him some questions on forgiveness. And I want you to know that you have the uh, freedom to ask questions, too. Send text messages only, 877-933-2484, 877 332484 Dr. Andy Scuttinga is my guest and he's a psychologist and we're going to take 60 seconds and then we're going to start our two. All right, happy Monday. So glad you're with me today. Thanks to David Miles and Patrick Albanese for hour one. I must say it was excellent. Hour two is going to be uh, excellent as well. Dr. Andy Scuttinga is in studio, and he's a professor at North Central College here in the Twin Cities, and uh, awfully glad to have him back. He's been on the show once before, and he accepted the invitation to come back. Andy, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Now, this last
0: hour was interesting as we talked about forgiveness, and there is uh, many Christians that have an ongoing difficulty in forgiving those who have wronged them. Yeah. And that strain can obviously go on and last for years. Um, and they can become hard-hearted. And then they'll say things like, I keep trying to forgive him, but I just can't let it go. Or I have forgiven him, but I'm still so angry at him. So is that really forgiveness?
1: Probably not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think so. And it's funny, I was thinking about an analogy on the way here in the car, believe it or not. And is that in your show prep? Yeah, that was my show prep. Okay, good. It was a 10-minute drive over here. <laughs> I made a really good time. And nobody, I didn't get angry driving over here on the good. freeway, which was a really important thing for today. Um, but it's, I remember reading a book as a kid, and I don't remember what book it was. It was about a kid who, knows a, who gets to know like a raccoon, and mm-hmm. he trapped this raccoon by putting a shiny object inside of this box where all the nails were pointed in. Ooh. So when raccoons grab something shiny, they don't want to let go and they hang on to it, and they can't get their hand out of the box unless they let go of the shiny object, and they, they won't let go. And I think that's what people do sometimes with their, their fear, their hurt, their anger, their, that thing that happened to them or someone did to them, and they literally can't let it go. And they hang on to it so tightly sometimes that they forget that they actually have it. Mm. And when somebody says, why don't you let it go? They're like, well, I'm trying And they're pulling their hand out of this box, but they don't realize that unless they they truly let it go, they're never going to get their hand out of the box. And I think that's what people do sometimes because I wonder oftentimes how many people hang on to things because they want to hang on to it. Yeah. Because I, I want to hold that anger against that person who did that to me. I want to still be angry with them. And everybody in the church says, well, forgive and move on and those types of things. But it feels good to be angry sometimes. It feels good to have something. It's a controllable emotion, isn't it? absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. very controllable. And we hang on to things that give us power over others. And sometimes not forgiving someone allows us to always have that power over them, even if it's in our own minds. Mm -hmm. So can
0: you forgive someone to the point where the offense has been wiped from your memory? No. Okay, so (laughs) we can put that to rest, right?
1: Yeah, there's there's little evidence that suggests that you can just suppress your memories so far that you don't remember them anymore. You can't unsee things. You can't undo things. You can't unexperience things. Um, if you remember like in the nineties, there was a big push towards all kinds of these, these memory recollection type of things where psychologists or psychiatrists could put you under hypnosis and you could come up with all these memories. Um, and there were tons of these cases where, um, People who were accused of, like, sexual abuse Mm -hmm. were suddenly getting uh, in—what's the word I'm looking for? Not retried, but they were put under—they were getting arrested because some kid told a story that he remembered from 15 years ago through these repressed memory activities, Mm -hmm. and those all turned out to be largely false. Wow. Yeah, because um, the the thought was, well, if we can dig far enough back into these repressed memories, we'll find out what really happened. And Mm -hmm. sometimes— social workers and psychologists were putting false thoughts into kids' heads because they were you know, using leading questions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting stuff, but it goes counter to the idea that you, you just can't forget things like that right. so easily. Right.
0: So, Andy, here's a question already from a listener. Where do I begin and how do I do forgive someone who hasn't apologized? I want to forgive my husband's ex-wife for how she's treating me and also my biological father for not being a dad to me growing up. Ouch and ouch.
1: Yeah. that's that, I'm sorry to hear that. That's that's pretty tough stuff. At the same time, I don't think there's a requirement anywhere that says you have to be apologized to before you forgive. You know, you think about what if you were hit in a car accident by somebody who drove away and you never found out who it was. They, they can't apologize to you. They don't know who you were either. Um, that's not somebody you're going to be able to forgive with their apology. And honestly, yeah, it's it's hard to say it this starkly. Actually, it's, it's easy to say it starkly, but the stark truth is if you're waiting for an apology to forgive somebody, they may never apologize to you, and then you'll never forgive them. You You have to be able to say, well, whether they're sorry or not is irrelevant, I forgive you. And that might mean going to them and saying, I forgive you. And they say, well, I I didn't apologize. You don't need to forgive me for anything. Mm -hmm. And and then it's up to you to explain why you do need to do that. You're putting yourself at tremendous
0: vulnerability, aren't you?
1: Of course you are. It could backfire tremendously. It could. um, Or it could turn out to be a real blessing for both of you. Yeah, see, I'm thinking negative. You're thinking positive. I try to think positive (laughs) as much as I can. But... That that's a difficult situation, and you know when you're dealing with your spouse's ex, how how much how much of that relationship do you need to dig into? Um, if the if the ex wife did some some bad things to your to your current husband, is it your role to for, to forgive her? Is that his role to forgive her? Has she wronged you directly? Would be my question to the to the listener.
0: It's um, obviously a very sensitive subject, and if you feel like your dad owes you an apology, or you can't express your dissatisfaction with how you were raised, and you know no parent's perfect, and there's no. going to be huge issues and huge problems and huge hurt, what do you say to someone that's that has got faced with that?
1: Yeah, I, I would start with I'm I'm sorry that you had that happen, yeah, and that your childhood wasn't what it could have been or what it maybe should have been. Um, at the same time, you know, as an adult now, you have the ability and the power to take a step forward and go to your father and say, "Dad, here's here's what it is. I've held this against you for a long time, and I I don't expect you to apologize to me. Maybe you don't even know what you've done or what you didn't do that I needed you to. But I for, I forgive you, and I want to be able to move forward in our relationship through my forgiving you. But the caveat is, you have to do that with a hundred percent." genuineness. Mm -hmm. If you're not genuine when you're forgiving somebody, um, they'll see right through it. And that can be more damaging in the long run. Just like a fake apology doesn't mean anything. Fake forgiveness doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. either. And so, yeah, you have to put yourself, that's a very vulnerable position to be in. But if you want to move forward in that relationship with true forgiveness, don't wait for the apology that isn't coming. Mm Mm-hmm we hear apologies all the time. I just heard one this week um, from
0: baseball players. I'm really sorry we cheated and won the World Series. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) We can talk a half an hour
0: about that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We're going to take a little break. But before we go to break, another one of my wise listeners named Justin said, one of the main things that has helped me be able to forgive some heavy offenses is remembering that I, too, have been the offender. I have needed to seek others' forgiveness and ultimately the forgiveness of God in many things myself, and that has helped me greatly. Nothing like a little empathy. Isn't that the truth? All mm-hmm. right, let me know if you got a question. We're talking about forgiveness today with Dr. Andy Scudinger, and if you have a question, let us know. 877-933-2484. 877-933-2484. Be right back. the show dr andy scudding is in studio as the first guest that has ever recognized that bumper music andy i'm impressed thank you what does he win nothing oh absolutely sc-
1: nothing nothing i'll get you it. you're not i got rewarded. free coffee that's, so, that's true that's
0: my reward so, so there's a mint here if i need it yeah yeah feel free to have that mint um <laughs> tell me how many different
1: ways your name is pronounced well there's one correct way and then there's the 37 the varieties it. that i've heard on the Scuddinga. yeah Scudinga. that's perfect Scudding-a, yeah what else have you heard? Shootinga, shootinga, shootingay, sketinga, <laughs> scootinga, <laughs> skatinga. I like skatinga. I like I don't mind that. Yeah,
0: I I do. Yeah, I know you but, do, you know. You're so picky about your name.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a very it's very unique and I like it. All right. But can you it. forgive people for mispronouncing it? I do almost once a week. I know you do.
0: <laughs> All right, here's some questions coming in, Andy. How Ooh. do I forgive Myself,
1: that um, that's a great questioner. Question, great questioner too. I'm sure you're a fantastic person who ever sent that in. You you just simply have to. That's there, there's no magical formula. There's not a there's not a process that I know of that makes it easy to forgive yourself. Um, if other people have forgiven you. God has forgiven you. If you've asked for that and God has forgiven your sins, then why my question to you then would be, why do you need to hang on to that? If God's forgiven your sin, you don't you don't need to hang on to it yourself anymore. Doesn't mean you forget about it. Because if you just say, Well, I'll forget about all my sins, then you're more likely to repeat them again, right? Yeah. Um but forgiving oneself, that's hard for a lot of people, especially if you've done something really terrible by social standards. It depends on what you've done there might be earthly consequences that last for a very long time. You know maybe you had an affair and your marriage ended and you can't forgive yourself for a very long time for for having that happen for making that choice, right? Well, it'll be hard for you to move on until you decide I can forgive myself. I've been forgiven by others, I've been forgiven by God. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the beginning of starting to forgive yourself.
0: Mhm.
1: Uh, Andy, what if there's too much
0: uh disconnection for reconciliation because maybe the person you need to have reconciled with is no longer living or they've or they're so far removed from yeah. us that we don't even know how to track them
1: down yeah that's that's really tough um you you just won't have that resolution and and that is something that you have to live with I mean we have to be frank about it if you can't if you literally can't resolve it with the person that you have such tremendous conflict with that's hard it'll be harder it'll be more challenging to forgive yourself. And you won't necessarily receive that forgiveness directly from that person. Um, Maybe they have forgiven you. You know, you go back to the previous question that we had. Um, Sometimes people don't know that they've been forgiven for something. And we probably owe it to them to at least let them know that. Mm -hmm. Even if the relationship hasn't been reconciled itself, you can let somebody know, I've forgiven you. I'm not ready to have a relationship with you yet, maybe, but I've forgiven you. That's a a beginning. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, what about apologizing in such a way where it, it's really satisfactory for the person that's receiving it? I mean, I, I brought this up earlier in the first hour, and I don't know if there's any merit to bringing it up again. But if if I owe you an apology and I said, Andy, boy, what will it take for it to feel right to you? You know, you lend me your yeah. car. I, I leave it filthy. I run it out of gas. And you say, oh, you're... Thank you for apologizing. I wouldn't mind if you wash my
1: car and put gas in it. No, yeah. that's fair, isn't it? I think it's fair. Like, it's it's fair. Um, but is that is that really forgiving somebody?
0: I, I don't know because you're I'm asking, asking
1: for something, right? I mean, I would I would say if you if you sincerely want to forgive somebody, wouldn't it wouldn't it seem to make sense that you don't need any of that other stuff? That's absolutely back? true. No, it's absolutely true. Because I can't if I punch you in the eye because we have an argument. Yeah which I which I wouldn't do. Violence is usually not a great answer to an argument, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Um but let's say I do. Let's say we fight here in the radio station. I punch you in the eye. I punch I, you back. Yeah, yeah, right? Okay, so I apologize. <laughs> Bill, I'm really sorry that I hit you. Yeah. That was wrong and and rude. I take it back. Well, you you can't. Right. I can't, yeah. I can't take back that. I can't take back if I call you a bad name, I can't take that back. Yeah. And so could I pay you for it? Could I give you twenty bucks and say that's how much a swear word is? You know, mm-hmm. an FCC fine is five hundred dollars, so I right. pay you five hundred dollars. Okay, none of that matters, right? Because you can't take back what you've done. You can sincerely apologize for it, and that's that's really the best that you can do. Would it be nice if the guy who took your car and made it dirty and emptied it of gas? The right thing for them to do would be to fill it with gas and clean it. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, or they say, "Yeah, I can't, I can't do that," I am sorry. Well, are you going to take back your forgiveness? You can't do that, right? (laughs) Right, You've forgiven them. And once you've forgiven somebody, you can't, then you have to give up the right. Like the last, like um, David was talking about, once you've forgiven somebody, you've kind of given up the right to hold it against them anymore. That's so true. But people do that. They forgive and they go back. So did you truly forgive them or not? Mm -hmm.
0: I I go back to some of the earliest shows I watched as a kid, like Leave it to Beaver, where Beaver yeah. put a baseball through the window, garage window of a neighbor.
1: I'm pretty and, sure I saw that episode, yeah.
0: too. And, you know, Ward had him, A, apologize, and then, you know, he had to use his his little savings to go buy oh, yeah. a new window pane. So, I mean, he made it right. Yeah. And I think that's a part, sometimes part of the process.
1: Sure. I did the same thing in my backyard of my house, but I broke my own window. <laughs> yeah. And I paid for it. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. And then my parents, after I paid for it and we fixed the window, they gave me the money back which was pretty nice of them because they were parents. If it was the neighbor, I'm quite certain Mrs. Lopez would not have given me the money back. She was really nice, but I don't think she would have given me the money back. But my parents did because they understood that I felt bad. I was genuinely remorseful for what I did, and I took responsibility for it. And so I think they realized the punishment was enough. Why Why take my money too? Mm-hmm. So when we
0: investigate forgiveness and... How often do you feel like you are in a position where you're asking for forgiveness? Is it something that's like, that's a weekly occurrence in your life? Is it a monthly occurrence? Is it
1: Boy, I don't know. I don't really write down the opportunities I have to be forgiven. Yeah. You'd have to check with my wife on that one or my kids. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't even know if they're listening to be honest with you. Kids, if you're listening, text in Yeah, text in 877 right 933-2484 three,
0: three, four, eight, four, and let's Put dad in the hot seat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I highly
0: doubt they're listening to this
1: right it's now. President's
0: Day, they're, they're, there's no school, right? Yeah, which them?
1: means they're doing their own thing. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. But How many times do I have to ask for forgiveness? I don't. I don't know. Probably. Probably, we all probably have to ask for forgiveness far more than we realize. I think we naturally forgive people pretty quickly if they've wronged us and they've apologized. You know, like. If I have a student whose paper I failed to return on time, I might say, "Hey, I'm I'm really right. sorry. I, I should have had this done a week ago. I apologize for not getting back to you." And they say, "Oh, that's okay. No problem." I I think we all assume that that's a that's forgiveness, right? Hey, it's okay. No problem. I don't have students who say, "Professor Scuttinga, I forgive you." <laughs> I, I've never had a student say that to me. And if I've made my wife upset or my kids upset, and I go to them and I say, "I'm I'm really sorry about that," they'll usually say, "Well, that's okay. Yeah, or, I understand." Or It's fine. And and we we have a mutual understanding that the apology has been accepted and forgiveness has been offered. But maybe we need to do this more as a society when somebody's wronged us and we apologize. When we've received an apology, maybe more often we should say, Hey, it's okay. I forgive you. But I think that would make people feel kind of weird.
0: Hmm. Or maybe just let them know how grateful you are that they took the effort to apologize. Yeah. That means means so much to me that you did this. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, that would feel good too, wouldn't it? Sure.
1: Affirmation always feels good. Yeah. I'm Bill, you're great at this job. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See? Didn't See, it feel just, good? Yeah, it really felt great. Right? Well, Rebecca, what you you're want? really good at producing Bill's show. <laughs> oh, thank you. He wouldn't survive without you. How about you. more about me? Now, now we've got another issue. That's That'll be next month's radio
0: show. <laughs> Narcissism.
1: Oh, with yeah. Dr. Andy oh, yeah. Skedenga.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to forgiveness, uh, God requires our repentance. Yeah. We need to be very clear that we are repenting of our sin and asking for forgiveness. hmm So... That's the model, isn't it, that we use in our personal
1: relationships? It should be, Mm -hmm. right? But we often don't. And it's understandable because sometimes we do things on accident. You know, we say something rude or we're over aggressive with our language or, you know, we've done something without even realizing it. Then sometimes people have to point it out before we can ask for forgiveness. I I had no idea I did that. I'm really sorry, right? How many times Mm -hmm. has that happened to us? Probably once a week for most people, at least, mm-hmm. where you do something that you find out later was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But if somebody tells you that and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's not terribly repentant. Talk about bitterness and the root of bitterness. Ooh.
0: Should we save that till after the break? What's in breaks a couple of minutes from now? So it's not like. I
1: feel like there's a statement that goes with that that I'm forgetting. Um, the, the bitterness is the root of all. B- yeah, the root evil? of all bitterness. No,
0: the, the, Rebecca, help me here. The bitterness yeah. line from Scripture.
1: Sure. Um, it's in Hebrews, but it's in, to not let the root of bitterness, as See, I'm filling time while I Google. She'll Google it yeah. right around the spot. <laughs> Something about taking hold You should of play bitterness. background music
0: when you're Googling. Hey, Grow we tree. That.
1: Be careful that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Hebrews go. twelve fifteen. Bitterness is a choice, like like David pointed out. Forgiveness is is a choice. I don't have to forgive you. Um, it's wise to, but it's not a requirement most of the time. But bitterness is a choice too. I mean, how long how long do people choose to be bitter about something? You know, I could be bitter for years about a traffic ticket I get that was unfair in my mind. How long do you hang on to something like that? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a choice.
0: Yeah. Another listener jumped in. How great are we at accepting a gift like gas paid for or sins paid for, and not feeling we have to repay?
1: Yeah, we're pretty good at that. <laughs> we are. If you want to pay my gas bill, I I would accept it. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, Doctor Andy's Andy Schuttinger is my guest in studio, and as a professional psychologist, you know what that means. Ask anything you like. We're chatting about forgiveness, <laughs> but we don't have to stay there. If you have another question, let us know what it is. Eight seven seven nine 877-933-2484. Again. 87793 faith 8779332484 we'll be right back are back we're going to clear up some uh things that was said prior to the break andy uh way to guess that said your guest said that we don't have to forgive it's a choice doesn't the word say we have to
1: it does yeah and i i probably didn't represent that quite right what i the point that i wanted to make is whether we should or not if it's a biblical mandate we should follow it but you still have a choice to ignore it it's just kind of like the Ten Commandments. They're we're, they're telling us, God's telling us what to do and how mm-hmm. to act and how to yeah. behave. We can choose to ignore that. We do all the time. And it's the same thing with forgiveness. Yes, we're required to forgive, but you still have a choice to ignore that. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. And we do that all the time, right? So I apologize for being unclear about that, but the, the listener's correct.
0: Yeah. All right. What's your take on forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us
1: in the Lord's Prayer? I would say we should listen to that yeah it's good advice isn't it it is uh, um I'm not quite sure how to what the question is getting at you know I'm not sure either forgive those who trespass against us um yeah you have to forgive those who sin against you that's what we're asked to do the lord's prayer says so
0: let's um talk about receiving forgiveness from God um there is an instantaneous forgiveness god doesn't pause does he I don't think so no. No. Because the work nice. the work has been finished on the cross. Yeah. And as a Christian, all of our past sins, current sins and future sins have already been forgiven. Correct? So we stand in in his presence and and just say let's we're standing in agreement as to what I did which was not um righteous behavior and I'm asking for forgiveness and instantly there it is. So how do we go on? beating ourselves up and not forgiving ourselves when God has already said, I'm forgiving you. And we're almost holding ourselves
1: to a standard higher than God. That's kind of silly. It is. And there's a lot of people who live with that. They live with guilt all the time um, because they've been unable to give it up. And maybe they haven't been counseled well or haven't received any kind of counseling. And I don't mean like therapeutic counseling, but I mean like advice counseling. Maybe no one has told them you don't have to feel guilty about this. Forever. You can maybe feel bad about it. Um, again, because you see the consequences of your life choices throughout your whole life, right? Maybe you had a rough time parenting your kids and you see, you see that manifest itself in your kids' actions as they get older. And you think, I feel bad that I didn't teach my kids not to act like that or not to do that. I feel bad that I hurt that person's feelings so deeply that our relationship is harmed. And years later, I still feel guilty about it. Um, those is, you know, the question is, are are feelings of guilt the same as feeling bad about something? I'm not sure. But if God has forgiven you, if you've asked for forgiveness, God has forgiven you, you don't need to hang on to those feelings of guilt anymore. Mm -hmm. You really really don't. You can still feel bad that something happened. I, I feel bad that my relationship ended with my friend, but I don't feel guilty about it anymore because I've been forgiven and I've been able to move past that. And then you have to look at the question, do you, do you need to reconcile with that person? Maybe you've offered and they're not interested. And then you just have to wait. All right, Andy, I'll make a statement and you tell me if I'm
0: right, wrong, somewhere in between, okay? The degree to which you don't forgive someone will be the degree to which you suffer.
1: That's probably pretty good. Huh?
0: Yeah. I was hoping you could expand some more because I don't have a... Another follow-up question. Oh,
1: well, <laughs> you didn't give me the the expand on it look. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I think
0: that there's some people that are feeling personal torment about yeah. something. And it's usually connected to some piece of non-forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and they carry it with them, so.
1: I don't know if there's degrees of forgiveness or not. Maybe it's just you either forgive a person or you don't. Yeah. And... Maybe it's the degree of the wrong against you that impacts the suffering that you have. I'm not sure. I, I have to admit, Bill, I'm not a person who's held on to something so long that I can empathize with that. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't know what it's like to hold a grudge for years or for a long time. I've been upset about things, and I've been mad about stuff that happened to me a few years ago, but I don't hold a grudge against that person necessarily where I feel like they owe me forgiveness. Yeah, I look back and you think... That was really irritating, or that was really offensive, um, but it's, yeah. At some point, you just say, "But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm past that mm-hmm. now." If it's something really grievous that's happened to you, it's harder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're holding on to to not forgiving somebody for something really major, that's really hard, and you will suffer from that because you'll hold on to that for so long, it kind of festers like. Like just something under your skin that you can't quite heal. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, listener Jerry jumped in to the discussion. He said, I found that self-forgiveness is a side benefit of sanctification, growth in Christ.
1: Yeah. Pretty wise. That's, it's pretty good, Jerry.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like it too. Yeah, and Andy says, way to go, Jerry. So what about um, the idea, Andy, of recycled pain? I, I'm going to say this probably in an awkward way, but... You keep going back to the same formula or the same attempt at something, and you find that you're producing the same result. Uh, I know this is connected to behavioral things. Uh, I'm sure this is part of relationships and it's just dis- and their dysfunction. Uh, I know it's part of addiction, mm-hmm. where people will continue to be uh, in a cycle of. I can't believe you're back in this situation again. Why do? Why do we? Continue to put ourselves in situations where we're we're failing, picking ourselves up and failing again, and I don't don't mean in a good way.
1: Yeah, with addiction, it's it's different because so many addictions are become biologically based. Mm -hmm. After a while, you keep hitting the same reward centers in your brain, and you need more and more and more. Right? I mean, that's true, particularly with drugs. Yep, Um, pornography is like that, where you yeah you need you need higher levels of stimulus to reach the same plateaus of highs that you had before with life choices, like going back to the same types of bad relationships over and over again. You keep dating the same type of person that keeps causing you the same pain over and over again. Is that kind of what you're asking? Like why do people keep going back to the same painful thing or keep doing the same things that cause them pain? Yes to both. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I often think that people who keep making the same bad choices are sometimes afraid of what making a different choice would look like mm-hmm. and they haven't been given the power to step away from those repetitive choices so take a, a person who keeps dating a bad person a mm-hmm. bad type of a person that's bad for them but they continue to be attracted to that type of person male or female doesn't matter um you know you could you could turn it either way um and they keep going to the same type of relationship mistakes. And you say, why do you, keep, why do you keep doing that? Well, it could be partly because it's a comfort thing. I don't, I don't want to try anything different because I'm afraid of what something else different is going to look like. At least I know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. And at least I can go back to, I've done this before. I've seen this before. I know I can handle it. Maybe this is the one that will actually work out. And you keep cycling through and cycling through. With people who keep going back to the same types of pain... I often wonder if it goes back to that analogy that I was talking about the raccoon. Sometimes we hold things so tightly Mm -hmm. that we have to literally peel our fingers off of it because we forget what our hand felt like when it was free. Yeah, no kidding. And so people sometimes hang on to things because they don't know what else to do if they don't have that and they're afraid of what is on the other side that it may not be that good. Or my life is pretty good right now. If I let go of that completely, it, it may not look the same. And I'm afraid of what that might look like. And sometimes it's just so traumatic that people are afraid to to take a look at it. There's a lot of people out there who probably would really benefit from going to a counselor, a therapist. And they don't because deep down inside, they're deeply afraid of what might come up that they don't want to face again. Mm-hmm. And that's too bad Because if you go to a good therapist, they're going to help you work through all of those things and help you gain healing in all of those areas. But again, a lot of people are afraid of doing that because they're like, well, I've compartmentalized it well for a long time. I'm afraid if I open up that Pandora's box, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to come out and I don't want to deal with all those things. I really don't want to go back and deal with all my issues with my parents. I really don't want to go back to that thing that happened to me when I was 15 whatever that thing is. And I'm afraid if I go to therapy, they're going to make me talk about that stuff and it's going to come out. Well, okay. Well, what are you afraid of? You're not going to experience it again. You will to some degree because you, you don't lose those memories, but if you've never fully processed it properly or well, you, you need to at some point mm-hmm. or you're never, you're never going to heal. Yeah. This is above average. Interesting. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. And I think people the,
1: are fascinating. Right? They, they
0: really are. I think it was Einstein. That said, in order to solve a problem, you have to get at a level of thinking higher than the level you were at when you created the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, as Einstein. Yeah. So if if you don't get counseling and you don't have new thinking coming in, why wouldn't you keep recycling your old pain and going back over and over? Exactly.
1: And and a good therapist will help you see those patterns, and will help you not just point them out because mm-hmm. a good therapist doesn't just say, "Hey." You know what your problem is the with the way that you think <laughs> yeah. you think poorly right or your your uh, your your coping skills are terrible therapists don't do that some some maybe do mm-hmm. um but generally they help you discover that for yourself through you know direct questioning and through you know processing of different thoughts and feelings and exploration and that sort of thing and suddenly you realize that you're now you're visiting those things that you were kind of afraid of beforehand and it's it's okay
0: mm hmm Another listener Andy jumped in and said, "This is back to forgiveness. A wise counselor once said, "The way to know if you have truly forgiven someone is that you no longer have angst towards them. you have
1: pity on them and you pray for them that's I've heard that actually before too okay, and that that's that's pretty good advice i don't I don't know about the pity part necessarily um it depends on the situation, right? Maybe if the person is unrepentant or even un you know unaware." of the feelings, the negative feelings that you have against them, maybe that's a little bit different. If I had somebody who was just purely unrepentant, had done something terrible to me, I might feel a sense of pity for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's somebody who's apologized to you and you've hung on to the forgiveness, I don't I don't think it's fair to have pity on them. You should pray for them, sure. But then maybe you're at a point where you can reconcile the relationship. Because reconciliation mm-hmm. is two ways, right? The The aggressor or the perpetrator of... Of the wrongdoing has to be willing to reconcile, but so does the victim. And too many times, victims are not willing to reconcile because, again, they want to hang on to that power over the other person. I have anger towards you. I have ill feelings towards you because of what you did to me. I'm not letting that go because I like having that power over you.
0: <laughs> so interesting.
1: It it is. Yeah, it is. It's
0: it's hard to hear though, too, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it, like it. It totally is. Yeah. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. We've got time for a few more questions. Let us know. We've been talking about forgiveness, but when you have a, a psychologist in, in the studio, we can ask anything. So 877-933-2484 <laughs> is the number. 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest in the studio, and he's a uh, professor at North Central College here in the Twin Cities and University. Actually. University. That's what I meant. Thanks for
1: I correcting know, me. Yeah, but I wanted NCU to know that I'm paying attention. Yeah,
0: of course. Uh, what about grudges? Talk about grudges and people that hold them. Grudges are really unhealthy. Oh, I would imagine so. You know, it's just. Um, Do you have any that you can think of right now?
1: Actually, I kind—I of, have a semi-one. Yeah. Yeah, but. I've moved past it and I haven't spoken to the person who did it because we don't live anywhere near each okay. other and we don't have that kind of relationship. It was a yeah. supervisor once who said, I don't, I don't think you should, I don't think you could do this. Oh. And I, and I did it. Yeah. Um, and I felt good about that, but I don't know if that's holding a grudge as much as it is remembering something yeah. that annoyed you mm-hmm. or annoyed me. I, when I think of grudges, I think of something where you're hanging on to something against someone else. And a lot of times it's without their knowledge and you just hold it against them. Like one day that guy said this to me and I'll never forget it and I'll never forgive oh, that's it. So that, that's, that's so toxic, right? isn't it? Well, it is because there's nothing healthy about that for the person holding on to the grudge. They're not even a uh, the person who's, who did the offending isn't even aware of it, right? A lot of times not. Yeah. Sometimes they, they might be. You know, you have relationships like that where people say, oh, well, we haven't spoken for years. Why? why not? Mm-hmm. Well, we had this thing, and uh, we haven't spoken since. I mean, you're probably both holding a grudge, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to gain from holding a grudge. There really isn't. I mean, I can't think of a single benefit other than the same thing. You have power over somebody else, and you feel that you have some control and power over them, and when people feel like they have power and control, it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. We're all like this. Mm-hmm.
0: Shouldn't at the root of every grudge be... Maybe there has been a misunderstanding and isn't it worth having a conversation to see if we've misunderstood each other? It's always worthwhile checking into that. Yeah.
1: How yeah, easily definitely.
0: how easily can we misunderstand each other?
1: Really easily. Mhm. I mean just think about how many communications that we have through texting and oh, emails. Oh, I know.
0: Look at the one that we had. I know, you sent me one last week <laughs> saying I'm going to be late. And I'm thinking, why? Why are you going to be late? You that have to be here for funny. the studio, but you sent it to your son instead of me. Whose name is Will. His name is Will, and I'm Bill, so... Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay.
0: Thanks. That's okay, but I did panic, because I thought, you better make
1: it. I'm really sorry about that. See what I just did there? I did. I'm sorry, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome. I accept your apology. Great. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to hold a grudge. I hope not. I hold grudges on people that, when the light turns green... And they're taking a left turn. They don't pull into the intersection, so I can drive around them. They, they don't budge, <laughs> right? And they're blocking. Yeah. You can't move, right? Yep. So that's I to a cry. tough one. <laughs> I always want to go. You have to pull into the intersection so we can get around you. Yeah, that's.
1: I wish more people would do that. Yeah. Do you have road rage? Yes. Yeah. For, on occasion. How bad. Um, it's gotten better. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a family trait that's been passed nice. on for generations. Yeah. Dad, some, I don't know if you're out there listening either, but. It's it's your fault, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me that. Now I'm teaching my kids that. My wife is so good about pointing it out gently. But yeah, road rage is tough because how many times have you gone to work and somebody at like three in the afternoon is talking about something that happened in traffic at eight or seven thirty and they're still mad about it. Right. That's it's kind of an example of my, that's like minor grudge holding. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know the guy or the woman who cut me off. But you're and, still mad. But I'm still mad, right? Yeah. We do this all the time and we don't know we don't know their story. You know, I'm looking at a sign here that says be part of the story, right? It's your yeah. it's the for the radio station, right? But we don't we don't know anybody's story That's in traffic. So true. Did that lady who cut me off, I mean, is she is she late for a job interview? Mm-hmm. Has she been unemployed for two years? Yeah. Trying so hard and did she just leave the doctor's office for the diagnosis of some kind? Right, exactly. Who, who knows? You know, to your point about misunderstanding, how many times do we misunderstand other people's motives and intentions with inference and assumptions? Yeah. We do it all the time. And that's part of how we're made. All right. God made us to be able to make quick assumptions. And when you walk into a dangerous looking situation, we're wired by God to be able to recognize quickly, this is not a good place for me to be. Or, hey, something happening over there that's bad. I should help. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're wired to figure these things out quickly. So we often, we have the ability to make very fast decisions, but a lot of times those fast decisions aren't right. And we need to use the slow thinking part of our brain to say, well, wait, let's examine this a little bit. And that's where we get into trouble with forgiving people or misunderstanding things. And we feel like we've been wronged when it it really is a misunderstanding. And sometimes it's our own misunderstanding. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's bad communication or whatever. And we hold something against someone for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. and that that's also not that's also not so great. Andy, what if we walk around feeling sorry
0: for people all day long? I mean, God didn't put us on this earth to feel sorry for each other, did He? I don't think so. No. What happens when you just feel sorry for people all the time?
1: Well, you have a couple of choices. You can you can become an activist and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk around, our campus is downtown. And so there are homeless people who are near our campus and there are, um, we have folks who are in a kind of like a halfway house for people with significant mental illness. So sometimes we have folks walking down the street who are shouting things. I feel sorry for people who have schizophrenia. Yeah. You can't control that. It's a, it's a miserable disease. It's a, it's a tough illness to have and to deal with. I feel sorry for those folks. There's not a lot I can do for them. I could pray for them. Um, giving them money wouldn't be helpful. Going to volunteer where they work probably wouldn't be helpful either. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a limited amount that you can do. Now the, like if you have a homeless individual walking down the street, you could give them some food. You could give them a coupon for some food. Um, you may not want to give them money Mm -hmm. because they might use it for something else that you think is something that they shouldn't have. So you can take action about feeling sorry for somebody. Um, right. Or you can you can just ignore it. And sometimes that's what we need to do too. Yeah. Um I think
0: that's happened to all of us. So we're all at fault at one point or another. Let's talk a little bit about um the idea out of Proverbs that love covers all wrongs. So if we you know we've been talking about forgiveness and conflict and grudges and it's been a uplifting hour. Um, but the verse in, in Proverbs says that, you know, love covers all offenses. What does it mean that love covers all
1: wrongs? I think through God's love, through Christ's death on the cross, we are then able to cover things with love. Because I, you can make the argument that the act of forgiveness itself is an act of love. And so, maybe that's what the writer of Proverbs was getting at—that mm-hmm. a true act of love is is actually forgiving somebody. Mm-hmm. And to some of the callers, or not not callers, the texters who have said, "What about this?" or "What about that situation?" Yeah, I mean, you're you're giving, you're demonstrating love to someone, even if you don't necessarily feel that love for them. It's that kind of agape love of love for my for my fellow human. And you demonstrate that through forgiveness with the understanding that you may receive absolutely nothing back Mm -hmm. because forgiveness doesn't say, you know, just forgiving somebody doesn't mean everything's okay. You can, somebody could have harmed you greatly and you forgive them. It doesn't mean that the harm goes away immediately or that you all feel great about the situation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's challenging stuff. Yeah. So
0: Andy, let's say that we have listeners right now and perhaps they've, kept a record of some wrongs, and they don't want to, and they don't like admitting to it, but they have. Yeah. What would be a proactive step tonight to try to get that off
1: off their plate? Well, if you have a written record, (laughs) you find all those people, and you start thinking about how can I go about forgiving them for what they've done. If you have a mental record, you do the same thing. And you have to ask yourself, I suppose... Can I forgive this person? And the answer should be always, yes, you can. And then the second question is, will I choose to do so? And then that's up to you. That's up to the listener. And you have to also ask yourself, why am I hanging on to this? Is it for their benefit? Because that's it's not beneficial to the person mm-hmm. or the people who hurt you. Is it for your benefit? Because if it is for your benefit to hang on to that, then you have to ask yourself, if the, is that a selfish act? Because if you're withholding forgiveness from someone, I have a hard time believing you can come up with a good reason why it's good for them. Right. And then you'd have a hard time coming up with a reason why it's good for you, yourself, to mm-hmm. hang on to something like that. Yeah.
0: Just safe to say, Andy, we all have a little bit of work to do, don't we? Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And I appreciate the proactiveness of, This could be something we could do tonight. I know it's people in their car driving home going, yep, I have some grudges or I've got some forgiveness that needs to take place. I don't know how to do it, but I can trust God will help me starting with my first step. Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting. This is a hard, complicated subject. And I know that you strike um, a lot of pain with people when you start saying you need to to let go, you need to forgive, and you need to try to not remember it. I mean, only god can do that the forgive and, and forget but that's right we have a tendency of forgiving and then remembering and it can come out like a ninja death star later can it
1: oh it totally can yeah. in surprising ways it's it happens to a lot of people they think they've moved on from something and a trigger will yeah. set off those memories and that's hard yeah it is mm-hmm. thanks
0: for coming and doing the show my pleasure yeah dr andy scudding has been my guest and it has been a wonderful hour. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to be praying for you tonight because if you are in that position where forgiveness is something you need or you need to give, um, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will give you the strength to do it and to maybe take the right step. And maybe maybe you just need to start praying about that next step, but it hopefully will come soon. That's what God wants for us and from us, and we trust him and he knows, so Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, everyone. As you lay your head on that pillow tonight, know that God's working out his great plan in your life. And isn't that a joy to know? See you tomorrow.